Okay, so last week we were talking about money. We're still talking about money. Doesn't play this time, but that's fine. Um, right, oh, there we go. Okay, so last time we, ha- we had what we called a presentation, and we looked at some of the principles. Then you would have had groups during the week where we're looking at some of the prototypes that we can develop when it comes to deconstructing and reconstructing our expression of values. And then today we're going to do a workshop where it's about a think tank that looks to review all of the stuff that we're facing as a community and think, well, what, what does this look like? How can we... Um, be more radical in our expression. So just to do a quick recap. So we're called to live our lives radically, our normal lives radically, and our values that we first discovered should be as radical today as they were then. And this is about rediscovering and reapplying those values. And we've got permission um, to deconstruct and reconstruct our expressions. And of course, our guiding question is what pleases him. I don't know if you spotted that with uh, Judy's testimony came to a point of, okay, what, what would please him? She gets that into line. She sought first the kingdom of God and all things were given unto her. Um, I also liked on, on that, that testimony, the easiest thing would have, said, would have been to say yes to that 40 pounds for, for Judy. How guilty might you feel when you've got this poor little New Zealander out in the rain, just needs that 40 pounds and you say no to her? Oh, it's terrible, terrible. But that was exactly what she needed. She needed someone to help her with a budget because that's about life, a whole life change. And just throwing money at the problem isn't always the better solution. It was setting down her roots to be part of the community and it was about sorting out a budget. And also with Heidi's testimony, you hear that when God is our provider, we can be radical. When we know that he's got our backs, we don't have to stress and we can focus on what he's got for us. So... Um, Anthony, you're going to... So it doesn't matter whether this is the first time you've ever been amongst us or whether you've been amongst us for a long time. This looking at money can be really radical and very exciting. And during the week, uh, the house groups and development groups uh, were processing some scenarios. And we heard discussion of some really... um, excellent conversations and provoking statements. So we did ask the group leaders just to um, submit in one sentence, uh, kind of a bit like eavesdropping into the groups this week, okay? And so we've got a selection of one-sentence news in 140 characters or less, a tweet if you like. Let's just eavesdrop into what was happening in the groups this week. Remember, there's no right or wrong here. We're not wanting you to judge what you see on the screen. Remember, the point is we're wanting to be honest and real and open with one another in our money. Okay, so let's just have a look at some of them. I'll I'll give you a chance to read them, but then I'll have to read them as well for the benefit of those listening on the tape. Here are the first four. For those listening on the tape, on the uh, audio recording, 
Uh, the first one, take care. Accountancy can take over from spirituality. Yes, I can see some nods over there. <clears throat> How about this one? Yeah, I'd like to tithe. I'd like to build up to it, perhaps 2% this month, a little more next month, a little more thereafter. You can see people are trying to process this stuff. I hadn't thought about tithing housing benefit, but it is an income, isn't it? Trying to work out what is income for the purpose of giving. I'm ill-disciplined in my tithing at present. Please all, hold me to account. So I'm looking for more. It's sometimes hard to disengage emotions from giving. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Should our emotions be detached from giving? You can probably think of times when actually that's a good thing and times when that's not a good thing. What's the driver behind our giving? Should it be emotional? We need to be more open about our own financial struggles and then consider as a group how we might respond. That seems good to me. Tithing is a certain thing. Giving is responding to his nudges. We hadn't thought about asking God what to give in an offering. Perhaps he'll say the same figure to both of us. That would be exciting. It would, wouldn't it? Here's four more. There's a repetition there, but here we go. The amount you receive is irrelevant. You should tithe. I can see I had been guarding against opportunities to spend money on others. Perhaps because parts of my budget are not in good shape. You can see the wrestling there, can't you? I want to get my money sorted, but, you know, there's some sacrifice here. Jesus said it. So we have agreed to give to anyone who asks. No quibbles for 30 days. Luke 6.30. So um, we need your involvement uh, but I don't want to rush on if people want to comment on any of these things they've, they've seen and just extrapolate a bit. Um, perhaps uh, pouncing on uh, Claire Newman, I could get... Uh, who's got the mic? Second mic. Jacob, can you run the second mic over to Claire over there? This last one, Jesus said it, so we've agreed to give to anyone who asks, no quibbles. I think this came from Claire's group. Claire, just... Just say a couple of words about, about what happened in the group at that point. Well, that came from my husband, who's not here to speak for himself. Uh, <laughs> okay, so from my point of view, David um, just came out with it as a challenge to the group to say, if Jesus said this, give to anyone who asks, isn't that something that we should try? So with different sort of agreements and perhaps not agreements from the group, some of us have agreed to try that. 
And not just to say any yes to anyone who asks, that's the difference, but to give. And it might not be to give in the way they've asked for, just like Judy said, but to give. Thanks, Claire. Any other groups want to just uh, uh, provide a bit of narration to any of these? Is the one about tithing being a certain thing? Certain in the sense that it is rock solid. There's no argument about it. But giving is subject to God's nudges. For instance, if you are a cancer survivor, you may feel very strongly for Macmillan nursing. Or you may feel very strongly when you see somebody in the street or something like that. But giving is a separate issue from tithing. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, this wrestling and searching for the radical, it's exciting. It continues. Uh, and we've got a chance to do some things this morning. Um, we're going to show you a video now. Yes. They're all very quiet, aren't they? like a library. Oh, We're going to get you all moving in a minute. So, um, What you've got to ask is, what did Dave Newman lose as soon as he made that proposal? I think he lost his car and his TV within 30 seconds of it. So. <laughs> but but that's, that's radical living. How, how often do you not engage with someone that's asking for something, but to engage with them? Okay, so this video... Um, I'm going to show you. Um, it's from a program called Better by Design. And I saw it when I was at university. And this is why I love YouTube. That was, it was like filmed in like the 1990s. I saw it in 2003. And you can still find it on the internet. So these guys go around redesigning things. And this particular um, extract, the seven-minute extract of them just redesigning the kitchen bin. So let's go for it. It's lurking somewhere in your home. It's smelly, it's ugly. It's the kitchen bin, and it's a design disaster. But not for much longer. Enter top designers Richard Seymour and Dick Powell. They've transformed mobiles, motorbikes, and trains. Now they're about to take on the humble bin. Their mission is to put an end once and for all to all those infuriating problems of current bin design. You can always tell a good design problem because it's turned into a musical joke. And bean stains on the swing bit is one of those. You laugh when you talk about it. And you laugh because it's funny because it happens to you all the time. The thing presents in an absolutely horrible way. filling these things up until they absolutely have to empty it. <laughs> the worst, personally, the worst thing for me about bins is the emptying procedure. Emptying a kitchen bin must rank alongside changing nappies and open-heart surgery for the worst, messiest, nastiest things you could ever want to do. <laughs> me. Because there's nowhere to actually put their feet, they actually grab it by their knees and it's sort of a bit like a bongo stuff. And that way they can <laughs> that is my worst nightmare, <laughs> especially when it's fish. It's always the smelliest thing as well, isn't it? 
For Richard and Dick, if it doesn't work, it's bad design. And a bin that's a nightmare to empty and gets half the rubbish on the lid isn't working properly. They're determined to do better and to convince the manufacturer to bring their new design into the shops. I love problems like this. I love things that we live with every day that are wrong. You use one of these things 10, 20 times a day and it's just not good enough yet. So, what a great challenge. There's got to be a better bin. Confident a better bin is out there, Richard and Dick set up a think tank to brainstorm new ideas. I would like my husband to appear magically every time it needed emptying. In one intensive all-day session, they've gathered together waste experts and consumer representatives to come up with some radical new solutions. But despite its apparent simplicity, um, the lowly bin has remained stubbornly resistant nice to radical change. But again, people are going to start... The last great leap forward was in the 50s with the invention of the pedal bin in the United States. The swinging 60s brought plastic and the swing top, an attempt to give hands-free operation for larger bins. Since then, innovation has stalled, apart from the odd attempt like this mobile bin, still gathering dust at the patent office. So what these are actually doing is that they open outwards to this position. Is it doing blip or is it doing blip? We want it to go. What that? It makes some sense, it'd be really satisfying using Does that feel good? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Instead of a lid, magic doors that simply disappear when you put rubbish in. If on that collapsible one, you have the front of the bin, which can drop straight down, so you unclip it, then you just pull it. It's completely open at the front. Mm. Is that what you mean? Yeah. And then the bag... You just whip it outside. Now, how good an idea is that? No more lifting. Mm. Yeah? Just straight out the no front. Mm. I think it's good. Worth exploring. Very, very good. bin that empties at the front. At their offices in London, Richard and Dick have ferreted out two ideas from the brainstorming session, which they hope will convince Plysu they've come up with the ultimate bin. It's looking good, but a clever design on paper is a long way from a product that could be mass-produced. With Hi the first. model almost finished, the oh, time has come to yeah. add the final yeah. touches. What have we got here? Hi, Keith. You all right? Hi, John. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hello, Richard. Bloody hell. So first impressions. Fantastic. It's a bin. <laughs> God, you've done a cracking job in the time. Can you whack it? Yeah, yeah sure. Fiddle it. Magic. What about the opening front? Yes. You sure? Let's have a look inside, yeah? It will work. It will work. As if by magic. That was the plan. This failure isn't an option, really, is it? Correct. No, One of the things that excites me the most about this is physically experience it, and you go, yes, this is a bloody good idea. I think when we show this to Plyso, you know, a couple of very convincing concepts going on here and working. If it comes to convincing them about are they prepared to put all the effort into it to develop it further, then it isn't just a, an argument about design, it's an argument about how brave they're prepared to be. Hi, Tom Sully. How are you doing? Yeah, Pleased to meet you after all this time. Yes. Is it symbolic that it's black? Let's hope not. The, the basic principle is a press on the pedal, it's open, 
Another press on the pedal, it shuts. Excellent. So it's what we call the sort of disappearing doors. But then there's the other issues, which is specifically to do with getting the bin liner out. So what we've done is, instead of all this haul it out, remember it's not just disabled and older people that have trouble with the bend and the lift, it's the rest of us as well, is that we thought it best if it was possible to organise this so that you could just pull the bag out. So the front of the bin opens up here, like this, and inside you've then got the liner. And you'd then be able to gather the bag together and literally just slide it out. And there you have it. Your brain is probably ticking away thinking investment, cost, and it's obviously more expensive than your standard injection. <coughs> so the, the thousand dollar question is, what do you think? My well, initial reaction is I think it looks very good indeed. Uh, there's quite a few innovative features there which uh, you don't see anywhere else. And that's really what we were looking for, something to redefine the basic object. Yeah. I believe there's enough merit in what we've seen so far to take it forward to the next stage of doing some consumer testing and see what reaction we get. Okay, why are we talking about bins? It's very bizarre. My, my favourite line in that was right at the beginning, where he says, it's something that we use every single day, and it's just not good enough yet. This whole series is about looking at things that we do every single day that might need to be redesigned and reinvented. And kind of that documentary follows the lines of the different sectors or segments that this series has. So if you think of the... The kitchen bin is the old expression of values. Uh, the think tank, where they got those people together for a day and they listed all the kind of challenges and problems, that's this right now, that's this workshop. They developed a prototype where they, they had one manufactured to test it out. That's what we've been doing in house groups and development groups. We're just practicing what could this look like in real life and then taking it to the manufacturer to see if they want to mass produce it is what we're doing when we're talking about bringing things back to the wider church. So just a little touch of that was the, the, the tweets just then. This is presenting it to the wider church to see if it's something that we're going to buy into and we're going to express everywhere else. But expressions that we live, with, uh, that we live by every day could be improved. Now, let's stop with all of this nonsense talking about bins and get on with some activity. So... We are going to break into groups in um, a couple of minutes, and um, I'm going to give you a task where I want you to think through what are the things that we're living with within our community that could be better. And in a minute, I'm going to give you some of those statements, the is it okay statements that we used before. But um, I'll put them into groups first, you reckon? Yeah. So what we're going to do, I want all of the group leaders to stand up so if you're a development leader or a house group leader. Richard and Lucy are away, so if some, who can represent Richard and Lucy's group? Just shout at me and say something. Penny, thank you. Okay. And I want 16-plus leaders. Okay, we've got Hannah and Richard, 16-plus leaders. I want the tribe leaders for the youth. Okay, all right. Now, look around, see where your leaders are because I'm going to ask in a few seconds for you to rearrange all of your chairs so you guys want to space out so you're not sitting on each other. But when, when you move, don't move yet. 
when you move, I want you to try and sit so you've, you've, you've not got your back to the screen. So kind of arc it a little bit. And any more directions before I say go? Yeah, I've just had a thought that if the setup team and stewards could come and uh, stack and remove some chairs, then we won't all be falling over empty chairs as well. So when you gather yourselves into a little group, when you gather yourselves into groups, if there are spare chairs, just stack them and we'll get them out of the way. Okay, right. So you just need to um, be so you can see the screen. Someone's just blocked the screen. Was that you, Hans? Okay. So um, we've just looked at the kitchen bin. We've looked at the kitchen bin has room to be redesigned. When I first watched that documentary, I never thought that it could be touched. I never even thought of a kitchen bin. It was just there. There's things within our community that are just there that could be redesigned. You guys are the redesigners. You are in a think tank. So Anthony's just going to help us with some of the things that I've suggested to give you ideas, and then we're going to ask you guys to come up with your best thing to be redesigned. Okay, so I'll read them out as well for the benefit of those listening on the audio. This is the kind of challenge we really want to wrestle with. These are examples. We've got some for you in a minute, but these are the examples. First one up. Is it okay that friendship evangelism is replaced by organized projects and activities? Is it okay that I have spare rooms while others are squashed? Is it okay that organizing meals for new parents may become just systematic? Is it okay that my car insurance doesn't permit me to lend it to others? Is it okay that we don't turn up uninvited at each other's homes much anymore? Is it okay that we mainly spend time with people in meetings? So I want you guys to come up with your best, is it okay, that statement. Naomi's going to bring around um, large pieces of paper for you guys, and you've got to write it in big, fat letters so that it can be seen when someone's holding it from the front. So we want to get your best, is it okay, that statement. What is your kitchen bin that you're going to deal with today? Those were some examples. What things do you see as you share, share with each other? So we're going to give you about eight minutes. Go. Right, I'm going to read them out. I'm going to read them out because I appreciate that some of the pen is very faint. <clears throat> Uh, we will, of course, photograph and um, circulate these with the nutshell as well. So for those who are listening to the audio, you should also have a copy of these that you can look at. All right, let's, let's start down here just because I'm down here. Just stand back. Okay. 
Right, I'll read them out. I'll pause for a moment. We're not gonna, we haven't time to go into explanations, but hopefully, um, you know, this will start stirring stuff with you. All right, start with Is it okay? I'm going to have to read them before I read. Tanya, you read it. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense as a statement. All right. Well, what's the, what's the essence? Is it okay that what? It's about two, two-way communication. So if, so if someone brings a meal or something, and then at the beginning, say someone's had a baby, and then um, everyone brings meals, and then eventually it kind of drops off, and they feel a bit maybe isolated or something, then we were talking about um, two-way communication, how there needs to be that two-way communication. So not just a, not just a one-off, one-way thing? And you were particularly thinking about any aspect of serving, or that, was it the well, meals? and not just because the system's there, but then it's almost like we need the system there for it to happen as well. Okay, so it's follow-through after something's been initiated. Okay, all right, thank you. Uh, David, we need to be more open about our projects so we can have more shared life and do things together. We, we, we tend to do things on, on individually, th- things that strike us that need to be done, rather than doing it with what, two or three other people as a team. Okay. There's just not going to be time to get comments from you all, okay? In fact, I'm going to struggle to read them all out, so... Um... And if you do one one end, I'll do one this end. All um, right. We might not necessarily get to them all because we're going to run out of time. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Jip, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick on the ones that are easy to read and that don't need a big explanation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we've got one here. Is it okay that patterns, work patterns, exclude people? Okay. Uh, is it okay that I come to youth just to socialise? All right, that's, that's the kind of thing we're after, yeah? Excellent. Good. Is it okay that we have high expectations of encountering God at events like Soul Survivor, but we have a cap on that expectation for church? Is it okay that when we identify a need in the community, we expect the hub to do something about it? Is it okay that people want to live near the community but can't afford it? Is it okay that we have an integration team in order to welcome visitors? Is it okay that the youth only get to meet twice a week? Is it okay that we ignore big social issues such as domestic abuse, foster care and so on? Is it okay to prioritise family holiday over a church holiday? Is it okay that there are people in our church suffering from loneliness? Is it okay that some people among us are unable to have a holiday? Is it okay if open house coffee open if open house coffee houses have replaced inviting people for Sunday lunch? Is it okay that people miss out on a lack of babysitters or carers? Is it okay not to acknowledge people we know when we're out and about, like in the supermarket, train station? <laughs> Thank you.
have the ministry team to the front, please? Okay. All right. We want to keep all of these at the front um, because we're going to use, uh, use them and, and share them out. But we've got to jump on to the next thing. This is really helpful for us to hear some of the stuff that you're seeing from your perspective because this is issues that we face as a whole community and we all, all have permission to review our expressions. Did you get that? We've got permission to look at these, yeah? We will circulate them. Do think about Projector. them. Okay, right. Now, while you're in your groups, because we've been looking at money, we've got money on our minds, I've prepared five questions of which you're going to pick one to look at in your group. So that was throwing up questions. I want you now to be involved in coming up with an answer. So what we're going to do... The guiding question is what pleases him. We've come back to that time and time again. And we're not trying to solve a problem, but uncover the values that please him. You aren't going to be consultants or fans sitting in a stadium criticising the players on the pitch. You're putting on a shirt and you're going to play your role. The radical that we're talking about has to touch your lives. So, you will select one question from this list and you've got 20 minutes to consider what the values are and what are the relevant expressions of these values in these situations. After 10 minutes, we'll pause and we'll have some initial feedback and we'll invite uh, John to comment on his initial thoughts and make sure that we're in line with the values. And then we'll take another 10 minutes, um, at which point we'll complete a form, which will be handed to you. And at the end of this time, we're going to get some feedback from from those forms. But all of the challenges that I'm putting up in a second are real challenges faced by real people within our real community. So, we're redesigning the expression around money. How many bursaries does LNI offer for Pilgrimage 17, and how do we decide? So, we've got a conference coming up. I don't need to talk in between every one of them. We have a lot of people across the network who, naturally speaking, would not be able to afford a visa application, let alone a flight, to come to the UK. Do we say, sorry, you can't come? Or do we offer something? So previously, we've offered bursaries. We've got less money this time. How do we decide? What do we do? We have people right now who want to live locally but can't afford rent or deposits We face the prospect of the church community being scattered over a very large distance. Is that okay? What is our opportunity? What is our responsibility? What is our opportunity and responsibility for those who are tending to miss out because of the very long work hours or travel hours they need to um, undergo to cover their living costs? How do we meet the cost for the whole church residential conference next June, when we all go up and join the international people 
over in Wales? Do we just take the whole lump sum and divide it by the amount of people coming? Does that put more weights on those that have multiple members in their family that are coming? How, how do we make a decision? What is the principle? What is the value? But what is the actual expression? Your wealth is more than just cash, but also your belongings. How could you better please him with what you have? What would it look like so you could please him better? So I want you to take the next 20 minutes and pick one of those questions and work out what would be an appropriate expression. After 10 minutes, we're going to pause, get some initial feedback and respond to that, and then we're going to continue in with 10 minutes. Any questions? Remember, this is not a theoretical exercise. These are actual decisions that somebody's got to make, that we've got to make, and we've got to work out what we're going to do. Okay, your time starts now. Right, um, we had a quick change of plan, so um, we want you just to continue. We're not going to pause it now. We're going to get feedback um, at the end. You've been given forms. You can now use those forms as a kind of way of structuring. Um, don't get too hung up on them, but if they, they're designed to help you think through what is your personal approach and application with them. So um, here's a little example. So say... Um, the group leader, Derek Stubbins, he keeps popping up. Um, which question did you do? You've circled that. What are the principles? So, so in this situation, the question that I've done, are there needy within our community, and is that okay? So I've said, what are the principles in play here? So I'm thinking about in the Bible, none considered anything their own, and we're thinking about values around sharing, caring, sacrifice, having awareness of needs around us, Throwing money at a problem doesn't always bring a solution. So those are some of the principles that I think are coming up. And then I think, what are some of the actions where we could do a Lifeline Free Cycle website? Um, we could have a central pot available for loans that we all put into and people can share. Um, or we have an investigation team that finds out what's the needs amongst us. <laughs> Might disagree with all of those. That's fine. Um, and then, so what do we do as a community... So we need to be celebrating when needs are affected, uh, are met, kind of like a thankfulness gallery. That's an, uh, something that we can do as a whole church. Um, or have someone trained to offer financial advice. What will we do within this group? So this is where we're going to practice building a prototype. We're saying, okay, I'm going to commit to be open about my needs, and I'm going to consider the group is the first place to see needs met. So before we take it anywhere else, Let's see if we can solve it amongst ourselves. My personal requirement for that, I'm going to get help with my budgeting. I'm going to share in lifts for schools because I heard someone saying that they had a problem getting their children to school. And I'm going to ring fence some of my own money so that it's available to help with these needs. So that's how I would have used the form. So you can use it like that if you want. So we're going to take seven more minutes just to, do, to finish... To conclude your discussions and use that form, you might not get the whole form done, but at least it will channel your thinking. All right, okay, listen up. Now, I'm sure you've all been in these kind of workshop environments where people start giving feedback, and, you know, my toes curl because 
often it just doesn't work, and it doesn't work for two reasons. Number one, if people are not actually listening properly. If you're not listening, it doesn't work. And secondly, that the person sharing doesn't keep it concise. And then they start waffling on and going off at tangents. It doesn't work. But if, I, if we can all agree to listen properly to one another, and if the contributor can keep it sharp and concise, that's great. We, we know you've talked about loads of stuff, but we just need one little contribution. So listen to the question when it comes to you. And we want, we want to give opportunity for John to hear and to comment and to provide input as well. All right? First of all, who did question number one? Nobody did. What are we going to do about that then? What are we going to be doing? All right, we've got to move on. Right, put, which groups did question two? Right, we've got one, two, three, four groups. Okay. So the first question... Uh, who's got the mic? Where are we? All right, yeah, we're on to the first group. So the first question is, what principle did you uncover? Give us a principle. Um, proximity is an important factor in sharing life, but is, it, is that an internal driver or a perceived external pressure? Okay, and who... What is the action that that community could take? Who did question two? Give us an action. Uh, we said one of our actions was joint ownership of houses to provide affordable housing in this area. Multiple people, Multiple people um, yeah, buying a house together. Okay. What are you guys going to do as a group... What is the group action? Who else did number two? I didn't get that far. These two groups didn't get that far. Okay. All right, we're going to question number three. Okay, who did question number three? So question number three was about travelling and dis- distance away and hours that you had to work. So... What were the principles that... Give me one of the principles that came up. Um, We said being and feeling like part of the community and thinking about what it was about your job that made it that you needed to work those hours. Is it optional or you just have to? (laughs) Jamie, can we we hear that one again? We said being and feeling like part of the community and really looking at what it is about your job that means you have to work those hours. Is it optional or do you just have to? Okay, good. Um, someone else that did that question? Okay, Anthony? What, I... Yeah, what did you agree as a group? Could be a group action. Okay, did you guys discuss what you could do as a group? Um that we felt we needed to be more flexible about meeting together and um, finding ways to share life outside of our meetings as well. Great. And anyone that did that question, did you get down to an individual action? What's one of, one of the people in your group going to do? Individual action. Oh, individual action would be to offer people sleepovers 
or meals or whatever to make it possible that they didn't have to do those long travels. Right, okay. That's good. Right, let's, uh, question, who did question number four? No one did question number four? Yeah, someone did, someone did. Okay, all right. Put your hand up if you did question number five. Wow, okay. Okay. So, um, yeah. what, what were the principles that were coming up? Principles. Um, we had the principle of stewardship, that what we have actually belongs to God and we're looking after it. Okay. And someone over here, what, what, could, you, what could we do as a church? Uh, we've got here testimony, thankfulness, the bigger picture, follow up with individuals. Because it, it follows on from um, the need for us to be open about our needs, be willing to give and to offer things openly. Okay. okay. Um, from the young people, what, what have you got, Ant? Um, yeah, for group. So what we'll do as a group of five is that we'll offer up our homes to have tribe lunches. So just practicing generosity. Thank you. Okay. And any individual actions from any of the youth groups? Any group actions from any of the youth ones? Uh, Richard, and Richard. Um, we could look at how our wealth can be used wisely, so taking it to leaders so that we could, we could um, assess what we've actually got and get an input. Okay, so like a balance sheet for all of the young people. We know what they've got and how, every how penny, we can distribute every penny. <laughs> Okay, so uh, probably Monday or Tuesday, guys, if you just email me all that you've got, and I will think how best to redistribute that. Okay, right. Now... We want to collect all the stuff that you're saying because there's really helpful um, stuff that's coming up. And, and because feedback is so difficult to get and we're running out of time, I really wanted to hear more of that processing. But hopefully you guys enjoyed it. It was, it was taxing, but it was, it was also helpful because you're redesigning things that have existed around for a long time. just want to invite John to share any thoughts that he has coming out of that. Okay. Did you find uh, quite... Difficult dealing with the last section of questions? One person did. I got the impression that it wasn't easy. If it was easy, then you're going to have to stay in after school because you didn't do well enough. If it was difficult, then we're understanding. Right, let me ask again. Was it difficult? So why not answer me the first time? Okay, we recognise that these things, they're not easy. But together, we want to get it right. And guess what? God invests a lot more in us getting it right than we do. So much we could expect to get it right. But we need one another. We need to be... Uh, activated to bring insights and thoughts and engage in that rather than just carry on we, that's what we do because we've always done it now let's come to the question how so many uh, probably everything is determined uh, what does God want look let's come back to the fundamental thing of money 
you can tithe from now until Jesus comes. And it is completely pointless. Unless that is something that you're doing with a sense of, I am pleasing God. I am doing this before God. I'm doing this because this is what God wants. See, we have to understand, guys, it's easy to slip into a kind of, well, here's a formula, here's an easy one to deal with, but God looks on the heart, and he wants a people who are engaging uh, in, in giving the way that he wants us to give. He helps us, he gives us guidelines, he gives us principles. So, if we find ourselves saying, do I have to tithe on this, or do I have to do that, take a little check right there and say, one minute, is this the right heart attitude? Because more than anything else, God wants us to do what he wants us to do. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And we can get to that as we access his mind and operate in the heart that he will give us to do that. I have to admit that when I opened the cupboard this morning and saw this glorious array of cereals, I did not spend ten minutes seeking God about which one I should have. (laughs) Well, brother, did you do that in faith then? Was that outside of an act of faith? See, if we're not careful, we can do what I say, kick everything upstairs into the glorious realm of unreality because some of the ways we hear God because our heart is towards him some of the ways because he's put within us an ability to know an ability to choose a residue of the word of God and the idea that I only hear God in some kind of weird voice speaking in the ether no, we we have to understand that, that the Scripture says, let the word of God dwell in us richly. There are things which God has placed in us of his mind and of his word. But what God's calling us to is give him room. Give him room. He wants us to kind of have a bit of fun, have some excitement, have some adventure. He wouldn't say it if he didn't mean it. He wants us to, you know that story that Judy was telling? You know, you get something and you submit to something that God wants and wham, bang. That, that, that kind of feels like what God has designed for us. Not just, well, I do what I do and we've always done it and this is, I don't know why, but this is what we do. What a miserable, boring existence. I'm with Angela. Come that old, that's oh, what we've always done, 35 years I've done this. You said you've got a big, a big one coming up. You can't, be tw- you can't be 21 again, you know. Anyway, who's up for a little bit of fun? A little bit of excitement? Eh? Am I catching people that are getting the over 40 mentality? Eh? Uh, come on, guys. Hey. You need to have fun. Listen, and you need to get the old people to have fun as well. It's your responsibility, you youngsters. Yeah? yeah. 
Yeah. Get the old people to have fun. Called your mum and dad. Yeah? All right. So, risk is involved in the radical. Hearing God in different ways. And a God that speaks to us about a time, a spirit of adventure, has got lined up for us things that we are pre- if we're prepared to step out, trust him. You know, some of these things that are coming up, ooh, ooh, interesting. That could cut across our plans. That could cause us to need to reassess in favor of what does he want. Are you up for it? Hmm? Those three people who just said yes, God bless you. Please pray for the rest. Hey, come on. I'm asking you. Are we going to go for it? Yes. I think God is preparing our hearts for that. To have fun, to rediscover the radical things that, that are so exciting because it's God at work amongst us. Yeah? All right, good.